am Deborah Shin, product manager for the Old Republic. I'm excited to introduce Corellian Run Radio. By the way, I love female gamers. Thank you all. Begin transmission. You are listening to Corellian Run Radio, your route through hyperspace to the latest news on Star Wars The Old Republic. Hey there, and welcome to Corellian Run Radio. This is episode 34, and we're recording Sunday, October 9th, 2011. We don't have Roxanne here today, unfortunately, because she's just got tons of work and could not make it. But to make up for that, we are joined by our usual co-host, Carla. Hey, everybody. And Larry Everett from various things, Massively.com and, and, and the Republic podcast. Welcome, Larry. It's, been, it's great that you could join us today. Hi, glad to be here. Um, yeah, so uh, we are in the home stretch here. Let's see. What do you guys, what do you guys been up to lately? Larry, please go. Oh, uh, well, I actually, there's a couple of betas that I've been involved in. One of them very important to this podcast. Uh, the <laughs> other one not so important to this podcast. Uh, but, so you've uh, been playing a lot of, you've been played a lot of games lately then? Yeah, that's mostly what I've been doing. Um, yeah, a lot of games. Oh, my gosh. Uh, my, my wife wants to kill me now because that's all I've been doing <laughs> for yeah. hours and hours and hours. So you just need to get her to play, right? That's right. That's right. That's what it's all about. <laughs> How about you, Carla? Well, I haven't been doing too much of anything. I've do, been doing a little bit of gaming, but I haven't really stuck with anything. And I've been working on some gaming-related things for the Old Timers Guild because we're trying to get geared up for release now that we have a release date and Mm -hmm. then i've just been doing a few things around the house trying to get organized i'm still working on my video collection and trying to get all of that you know you know what do you call it uh where you convert it from the dvd to something an mp4 or whatever so you can add it to the computer so i can play it on my ipad or ipod or whatever i'm going through our entire collection and doing that and it's but very time-consuming. Whoa. Are you talking about, like, wow. all the movies that you own? Like, like yes. first that, – that does not sound fun to me. No, <laughs> or it's worth not. it. Well, what we're doing is, it, is – Is it really important that you spend – that you be able to watch it on your computer or whatever rather than just on your TV? Well, we're thinking of when we go traveling, you know, because we have that big fifth wheel that we go camping and going and seeing the sights uh, and stuff. We're trying to put all of our movies on – we have, a like, a, a Mac Mini server – and it's just a small little computer, Apple computer, and we're trying to get all of our movies on that device. So instead of bringing a bag full of movies, we just bring this tiny device with us and go. You're just going totally digital. This is like what I'm Netflix trying. is all about. <laughs> like trying to get rid of the stupid discs and I make am. Them I am. I'm trying to do that with our movies. I'm trying to do it with our books. I mean, because I, I, I think that's the way to, to do it. We've got even one of these ScanSnap uh, little scanner printer things that we're scanning everything in. Every receipt, every warranty. Yeah. You have to get rid of all the cabinets in your house then, yeah, or bookshelves <laughs> and all that. You won't have that anymore. I know. Yeah. 
what are people going to look at when they sit in your living room now? They're just going to it's going to be walls or you know. That's right. You can't impress them with your with your cool movie collection and your That's and your right. impeccable taste. It's <laughs> oh, okay. Not trying to impress anybody anyway. Uh, what well, I'm kind to? of exhausted. Yeah, I I'm really not doing anything of interest at all compared to what you've been doing. <laughs> I've been thinking about getting ready for New York Comic Con, which happens next week. So I'll have to kind of buckle down and figure out what I'm going to do. And Roxanne and I will be going there, so we're we're looking forward to that. But um, anyway, I think it's time for our host challenge. Fact. You know it to be true. Or fiction. That's impossible! I'm going to read three bits of information or three leads about the game, and two of them will be made up and not yet confirmed. Only one will be a fact confirmed by Bioware, and your job is to pick out which one is true. Okay, Larry, Carla, here we go. Lead number one. In part two of the developer blog on Companions, William William Wallace reveals that Companions are currently being tested for use in operations. Lead number two, pre-ordering or not pre-ordering the game has absolutely no effect on whether you will receive an invitation to playtest Star Wars The Old Republic. Lead number three, in a head-to-head fight with the bounty hunter, the Jedi Knight wants to keep his distance as much as possible in order to avoid the bounty hunter's devastating close-range fire attacks. So after reading all three leads, which one do you think is the confirmed fact? Larry, I'll did, pick did you on give, you first. Did you give the easy one just because I'm here? That's you feel No. Is that what it is? <laughs> no, they're always easy, apparently. <laughs> no, they're not always easy. I've heard some that I'm like, hmm. I'm not oh, so sure. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, no. Th- this there. one, this one though, is is I'm um, definitely number two. Yeah, Carla, do you Absolutely. concur? I totally concur. Number two. Yeah, in fact, that's been you know one of the things that people have been trying to figure out as they as they try to figure out why they don't have an invite yet is like all the different possibilities. But Stephen Reed went, I think it was Stephen Reed on the Dev Tracker. There are posts, multiple posts about. Uh, getting into testing and that was something that he stressed because people suspect that you have to pre-order the game in order to be on the list but uh, that is not true you just need to be one of the randomly selected people based on nothing but the fact that you signed up and actually it would be kind of counterproductive right to have people a little bit because a little bit of beta is marketing and if you if Mm -hmm. you're picking people that are already bought the game that kind of right. defeats the purpose of the marketing side of it. Now, not, not of course, not the beta, the testing side of it doesn't defeat that. But I think uh, the marketing side of beta would just kind of be, uh, uh, it would be defunct <laughs> if you just yes. invited those that were in uh, d- early access. Yeah, yeah you that, want to give that's... her that little test or that little teaser. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, those people are just trying to look for a reason why they may or may not have been invited, I guess. Although I would imagine that the people who are really upset have probably followed the game and have pre-ordered. So that also does not make sense. So anyway, sign up and you don't have to pre-order if you don't want to and you will have an equal chance. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and I think just to go over the other thing, let's see, companions, lead number one, companions are not still, they're still trying to keep them out of operations. And the fake lead number three, uh, no, it's the opposite that the Jedi Knight wants to close the distance and he can do he can wail on the bounty hunter so that is not the, the correct PvP tactic <laughs> um, alright uh, and I guess that's it good job you guys let's get on to the latest news and tour 
from the Newsnet. And, and beyond. Okay, that brings us up to the Friday update on September the 30th. And I don't know about you guys, but I loved this update. It showed galaxy maps. And it showed where all the planets are in relationship in the galaxy. So you can click on the map and you can actually see the planet. If you click on the planet and it gives you a little history. And they even have these little videos you can watch. And I heard people actually complaining that this was the only update. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> this is awesome. What did you think about it? I, I thought it was pretty. I really, I, I guess people, what were they complaining? Because it wasn't anything new in terms of the information they're getting. That's the only thing I can think of. I don't know what they're complaining about. They said, oh, it's just a map. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I kind of lean on the side of, oh, it's just a map. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's really nice. I, I do. I think it's really cool that uh, what they did, they did an incredible job at it. I mean, there's only like a couple of things like uh, uh, they, they rehashed the old videos. I wasn't too impressed by that because you can do the whole – when you do it full screen, uh, it kind of degrades whenever <laughs> you play those old videos because they're, they're in standard resolution, not in high def. Uh, so, I mean, but I thought it was really nice, really well done. Everything, uh, all parts of it were really well done. However, it is it is just a map. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice um, for maybe those that aren't familiar with lore, but when you're me, who, uh, you know, <laughs> I knew where all the planets were anyway, so. It's like you wanted yeah. to know what the next tier of crew skills were or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I thought it was nice, uh, but I guess the fact that it took me like a week to actually look at it <laughs> probably says a lot about my interest level. So, you know, I'm sure there are people who thought it was pretty and, you know, and, and yeah, it's good to add it to the holonet. But, um, you know, it's fine. I'm I'm actually I'm not I'm don't get that excited about Friday updates anymore. If they're if they're there, I look at them and I, I may or may not be excited about them, but I'm fine with whatever. I, I with whatever. I gotta say though, um, that so, what some people might not realize that this this is built on built on the Unity engine, which is and actually it's a gaming engine. It's a it, full ga full fledged gaming engine. That's right. That's actually something that Roxanne would have gotten excited about if she was here because she is you know went to a Unity conference last year yeah. earlier this year, and uh, so uh, that, that I thought that was kind of interesting, and she would be happy to see that. Um, I would. Do you know? Are, is is it are there games that have that are being designed on it like big ones? Yeah, or actually, more like yeah. Um, Big Point. If you know who if you know who that developer is, Big Point is a mm -hmm. uh, use uses uh, the Unity engine. I want to say almost exclusively. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to confirm that, but uh, I'm pretty sure that most of what they make is on Unity, and uh, their big one that they made uh, recently was Battlestar Galactica online. Oh, okay. And uh, they, uh, they, it's totally made in Unity. It, it totally made in the Unity engine, and it's a phenomenal game for especially. And it's, it's all browser based, and it's just, in, it's it's insane. It's awesome. It looks it looks really really great, especially for, especially for uh, a, a browser based game. It looks great for just a game uh, mm -hmm. you know, that you you were to just buy, and then on top of that, to know that it runs in a browser is just beyond. 
you know, anything I've ever seen before. And to think that this galaxy map was made in the Unity engine, uh, and I, I kind of said this on the Republic as well, I kind of think that maybe there's more to this. Maybe they're at least maybe they have other plans. I don't necessarily know that they're going to fulfill them, but maybe they have other plans for this as well. Maybe they're going to add something to it. Oh, you're trying to read between the lines here. What does this mean? <laughs> well, you know, you don't, you don't, uh, you, you know, you, you don't build something that big unless you're planning on doing something else with it. I mean, you for something like what the galaxy map is. I mean, why not just develop it in Flash? Or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, something a little less robust if that's all you're going to use it for, you know. Right, right. Yeah, just to add yeah. a page to their holonet doesn't seem like a good enough reason, huh? Well, right. I, you know, I really liked this galaxy map, and I guess I was a little bit more excited about it than you guys apparently are. And <laughs> Sorry, I loved okay. it. But I, the reason I was excited was because it shows the expanse of the universe and how much space that they actually have left to do, you know, infinite things with. But to me, because I'm not the biggest lore person, I was able to see where all the planets were and to see how massive all of this universe that's just created so far is. I mean, to me, it made it look even bigger than what I thought it could be. You know what right. I mean? Right. It was good. Yeah. It was nice to see the relation of the planets where they are to each other. Yeah. It was fun. It was nice. Good job, BioWare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to this most recent update. They had a uh, choose your side video, and it was a kind of a little, uh, you know, who would win, the Jedi Knight versus the Bounty Hunter, which, uh, you know, people always like to do. <laughs> um, and it was like the super high production quality with all these BioWare people, you know, Hall Hood and Randy Bagel or Beagle, however you pronounce his name, talking about uh I guess essentially it was just it was kind of the feel of those just two friends sitting and trying to argue about which which would be who would kick each other who who would kick whose butt, I guess is it's, what it all It's like those com- like those comic book yes. whenever the the comic book uh stories that they used to have, like who would win, Superman or Batman? I know got no fight who Superman. Was- <laughs> But yes. You know what though? Batman actually won when against Superman, by the way. They did have that fight in Batman won. I, but anyway. Yes, they had it. What does I that just, mean? They had just it. Just say, <laughs> one of the one of the best Frank Miller, one of the best comic book writers like in existence, wrote wrote it and um Batman won. Anyway. Well wait, didn't Frank Miller invent Batman? No. No, he didn't. Well, not invent no, the, that but was Bob he the, but isn't but he's doesn't he do the Batman comic? So of course he's he, going to say that. He did, well, he doesn't he doesn't do them now. He used to do. He did yeah, uh, the Dark Knight. He did the Dark Knight and he did, he did a whole bunch of them. He, did, he right. Frank Miller does a whole bunch of stuff. I and mean, he's a right. really really good comic so, book writer. So of course he's going to pick Batman. He has like a soft oh, yeah. for Batman. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a uh, it, it was it was entertaining. Actually, I thought it was fun just to see um, I almost felt like there were some PvP tips in there for people. <laughs> there, there was, there was actually. I, th- I think that was the, the kind of the. Uh, I wouldn't say the point of it, but definitely the um, uh, part of the the crux of it was the. Okay, this is how you play this character, and this is how you play this character in PvP, or this is what works best as far as the mechanics are concerned. And I, I think that that it just generally speaking, I think that that's good because it. It kind of shows um, 
from an advertising standpoint, it shows that that Bioware is not just interested in story, even though story is important. Obviously, uh, they are interested in the other parts of the game as well. So I think that that's it's good to have that out there. I, yeah, I yeah, Carla, did, what did you see in that video? Well, I just kind of thought that they were, you know, like pewing on all these people that thought that. You know, if you're not playing a Force user, you're not going to stand a chance. Oh, good point. You know, and I... That's true, yeah. Yeah, and and I don't know if, if they succeeded, but I feel a lot better about a non-Force user coming up next to a Force user now by watching this video. Because I've, I'm one of those that I've, I've, as I've been watching all of this stuff unfold... The, and, and I even said this when I played back in April when we went to the Fansite Summit and I played the Consular, I was going, you know, she felt pretty powerful, you know. And I don't know if I felt like she was more powerful than, like, I played the um, the Imperial Agent as well. I don't know because it was they're so different play styles. And so to actually see a Force user and an odd Force user go at it, I was pretty excited because I thought, well, maybe they are going to stand a chance and maybe they are going to do really well against each other because I want to know what they're going to do in PVP. Right. Yeah. However, however, to just uh, kind of throw this out there, they are both pretty close to the same class. Like, for instance, even their advanced classes, save for the medic side of the BH, um, is the same. Is is the same? They're both. Tanks or DPS, both of them, right. and they're both heavy tanks or, or DPS because, like the, they're there's same style of, of, of tank. And they'll they'll mitigate damage, right? Uh, so you're 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 kind of pitting two classes together that are very very close wouldn't, to each other as far as uh, roles. Wouldn't the bounty hunter be closer to the trooper mirror though? If that's what you're saying. I mean, I don't know. Is the is the Jedi Knight? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as mirrors are concerned, uh-huh. yes, the, the 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 BH and the Tripper are mirrors of each other. Really, I mean, almost to the to the letter. <laughs> but uh, but you're you're still talking the same same type of class. Right. I mean, for instance, if it was the Jedi Knight versus the Agent, you might get a little bit of different story. Right, you right. Know? Because the Agent. The, uh, the agent is is uh, in general squishy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas the Jedi Knight, not so squishy. Well, this, yeah, this is probably something that people really are interested to find out, like what the the PvP, as Carla was saying, the PvP implications of all these different classes, and you know, is there going to be one that just pones everybody, or you know, or, yeah. or is there going to be somebody else that's always at the disadvantage? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess we're not going to know that until you know we start really playing the game. <laughs> until play, until, and even then, it won't be until launch, and when everybody's just out there doing pvp that's right uh, yeah well you know i think that there's been some you know lots of discussion about it on the official forums about you know the different classes and how balanced they are and how they will be pitted against each other and how well they'll do pitted against each other so i'm really kind of anxious just to get my hands on and see how it really feels you know, especially in a war zone or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I have yeah. to say that when I played the Bounty Hunter at the fan site summit, though, I mean, the Bounty Hunter seems really powerful also. So I didn't feel like, 
you know, as you were saying, you were, I didn't feel like because I wasn't a force user that I was at some kind of disadvantage. <laughs> um, of course, I was only yeah. playing, like, I was only fighting, you know, mobs, I guess. But, right. but I, but I think they're, you know, I obviously they're not going to want to make one, any one class much better than the other. So, right. yeah, I, I, to- I got to say that when, when I played uh, the smuggler and the agent, I think I played both of them. No, I just played, I'm sorry, I just played smuggler. The smuggler uh, was kind of, you know, kind of squishy. It just seemed like a squishy class because you had to duck behind things and you had to, you know, constantly be aware of your surroundings and, and so you so you weren't getting hit. Right. <laughs> um, Going I guess off I'd, in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that? <laughs> um, I didn't feel that the smuggler, when the little bit that I played the smuggler... I guess I didn't feel so much that it was squishy. I just felt like it was slower maybe because I was not, I was, the cover system was new to me Yeah. and you had to be a lot more strategic about, you know, finding the right spot to sit, you know, to crouch in and that kind of thing. Um, But, you know, once I was in cover, I mean, I was one shotting the mob. So from that standpoint, it, it felt really powerful, but yeah. yeah. So anyway. All right. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. Let's go to Friday's update. Um, Another part of the same Friday update on October 7th was William Wallace's uh, part two of his companion dev blog. Um, I was uh, reading the what he had to say about the companion AI. And, you know, I really w- hope to get my hands on, you know, to where I could test out this companion AI. Because, again, I've been really anxious to play. Um, with companions now that I'm sold on them and now that they're taking them out of operations and everything. <laughs> All this no, no, they've, they've never been in operations. I right? know, but you know what I mean. In other words, I want them to be that wherever was, I am. You know, that was if they're faking trying. you out. I know, they were faking me out. But what did y'all think about this article? Uh, yeah, I I thought it was, I, I feel like I knew most of the stuff that was in there. Um, right. I think they were trying to uh, sort of quell people's nervousness about, you know, what what does it mean to have a companion? And I think the the artificial intelligence is one of the things that people are concerned about. But, but I like the way that it seems like they're giving you, you know, a few different options. You can either just like total, you know, total autopilot where they'll just, what you know, you know maybe you'll, you'll put them in some mode or whatever, and that's how they're going to operate. Or you can micromanage them to a larger extent than I think maybe what they previously had designed. I think they've sort of given the companions a little bit more um, flexibility in terms of how much you're going to be able to control them. So, but you'll have options. It isn't, you know, you depending on what you want to do. And so I think they're trying to, you know, sort of make people feel okay about this idea of companions. Yeah. I, 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 This is kind of, from my standpoint, kind of a middle ground of what uh, what could be done, Um, and and probably and probably they they didn't go full blown because uh, you know they're so close to launch. Uh, However, I mean, what I would have personally liked to have seen is something similar to what you see in Dragon Age, where Dragon Age basically, if you do, if this happens, then you're then you do this. Tactics is basically what it boiled down to. Your companion. If something were to happen within battle, you can preset your companion to do something when that event happens in battle. Uh, right. Whereas this is uh, th- this is probably the the step just underneath that. Because from what uh, what he said in there, you can you can turn off and on certain abilities. 
So mm-hmm. they don't use it. Like, for instance, if you're in a uh, uh, like you're trying to cut through a zone or something and you don't want any AOE attacks, you can turn off all the AOE attacks or right. you can set, or if you want your companion to be a dedicated healer, you can turn on all your healing attacks. Uh, it's kind of what I gathered from it. Right, right. And and actually, I'm looking at the blog right now, and he says as they're kind of, he William Wallace says, you know, we're still working on it and whatever, you know, even what it is now could be different yeah. from what ends up being in the final game because they're listening to the player right. feedback and blah, blah, blah. So, so yeah, and it, uh, I, I think that they're, they're going to give people the option to, you know, just sort of ignore them or or play them to, you know, the nth degree, not maybe the nth degree, but more, give them more uh, options than maybe they previously had thought of. Yeah, which I'm glad to see that. I'm definitely glad to see that. I, I love pet cl- pet classes. Do and, you? Yeah, I do. I Yeah, uh, and this, that encourages me that they are, they're taking it kind of to the next level, uh, not you know, like I said, not to the necessarily to the Dragon Age level, but definitely to a level that makes it fun for people who like pet classes. Right. Yeah, Carla, you were a hunter. You had a hunter pretty high up in WoW, didn't you? Yes. What was your reaction to? I like having a pet class. I really fell in love with my hunter. And the everything that I've read about these companions and how we're going to be interacting with them, I mean, from them doing our crew skills and doing our gathering and um, uh, being there to either heal us if we needed a healer-type uh, companion or a tank-type companion, I'm excited to know that they're a little bit more than just a wolf, you know, or some other type of pet. And, I mean... They're, they're even talking about you know the romance arcs and and you having romance with your companions. So there's it sounds to me like they're making them just an extension of you, so to speak, more so than just a regular pet. Pet. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's move on. Uh, so beta testing weekends are officially plural <laughs> and uh, I think this weekend as that we're in right now the second they announced that our, they have a weekend you know they opened to a lot of people uh, so so now we can say that, the, the, <laughs> that it wasn't just the one in September uh, um, and uh, there uh, there was also this terrible like just getting into the, the testing invite thing there was a terrible email um, snafu with everyone, not everyone, but many, many people who have signed up for testing apparently received an email saying, thanks for testing, give us your feedback. And it kind of started this very, uh, this brouhaha, which is understandable. People thought, oh no, I don't remember seeing a testing, testing invite. Did I, did I miss it? And why am I getting this email? And it, and it, and it looks, it turns out it was human error and they just accidentally sent it out to a much larger group of people than they intended. <laughs> um, did, did, uh, I, I don't know, I guess, and I, I think it was, it's not everybody that not everybody got it. Just some people got it. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, I got it on two accounts. 
Did so, you? And yeah. okay. <laughs> I, I also and, got it on two accounts, but I have talked to, to other people that didn't get it at all. Is so that right? Oh. I know it's what? not. It didn't go out to everybody. Yeah, I don't know who it went out to. Uh, my understanding was, and I, I'm probably completely wrong, but uh, my understanding is that it went out to people who signed up for beta testing. And I have two of my account. Two of my accounts are signed up for beta testing. The third one is not, and I got it on the ones that were signed up for beta testing. Oh, interesting. Um, I think that, well, and actually, I know that somebody from our, I think on Twitter, was concerned that he did not get the email. And so he was worried because he thought he had signed up for beta testing. He thought maybe somehow, maybe he didn't sign up or he got spit out and that's why he didn't get the email. But, I, but I'm pretty sure that uh, that it didn't necessarily go out to the whole you know the whole kit and caboodle of yeah. people. Well, if, so I would I would check if I were him. I would check just to make sure that he's signed everything up and it says you know congratulations you signed up for beta testing or whatever it says you know swotor dot com slash tester. Right. Say, so if he yeah yeah go ahead sorry. Yeah it'll it'll say if you go to swotor dot com slash tester it will say uh, if you've signed up for beta or not there it'll say like something along the lines of congratulations you've now signed you've finished signing up for beta testing so make sure that that's all done and that uh, you that the two check marks are checked off that you agree to that and so and if you don't yeah. see that you'll see yeah um maybe something that it says you're in testing or that you can you know possibly take it further if, right. You know. In fact, I have I have two Tor accounts also, and one of them is not signed up for testing. And when I log in to that, the sotor.com slash testing or tester, sorry, then I get this thing encouraging me to, to finish right. my, my right. registration or have- my testing invite, blah, blah, blah. So you should be able to tell by logging in to that point. We'll, we'll put a link in our show notes to that, to that page so you can check if you're somehow worried that you, you know, somehow are not on the rolls to be considered because that, you know, that is a, yeah. <laughs> is a but worry. I, I guess. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that, that Stephen Reed had said that receiving this email or not has nothing to do with your consideration for testing at right. all. That is true. In fact, there are a ton of just, if you go, I would just go to the dev track. There's, there are many, many posts about yeah. the people asking questions about the various situations there. And so, and it pretty much, pretty much it boils down to if you signed up for testing, you're going to, you can be considered for testing and, you know, you just have to wait to find out and there's well, nothing and I, that you can do that will enhance your chances or, or hurt them. So actually there is something you can do. If you go hire, if you go get hired by Bioware, <laughs> you can get in. There you go. That's, there um, you go. <laughs> but one of the things that we did is there's, you know, in, in OTG is there were several people that, you know, once Stephen Reed posted that link of going to www.swtor.com slash tester, we had several people find out that they had been accepted into testing but didn't know about it because the email went in and got ate by their junk filter or their spam filter. Right. So I That's would a encourage I know, but I'm wanting to make sure everyone that, you know, hasn't goes to that site and check to see if they're in testing because it is a lot of people are finding them in their junk filter. 
Right. So, so the, yeah, the moral of that story is to check your spam, your folder, you know, when you're, when you're checking yes. to see if you got the email. Don't, you don't want it to sit in there forever. Um, all right. Good. All right. Well, that leads us to the dev blog by Georg Zoller on class des- his class design philosophy. And this was really a, a, a really good read on why some of the things are being done the way that they're being done and what he sees things as, you know, for example, in your classes or advanced classes or roles. Um, Larry, what do you think of this dev blog? Uh, Most of it, honestly, is just a reiteration of some of the things that he has said before, which is, you know, know, those who've been following it probably aren't going to get a whole lot out of it. However, if you have not necessarily been following everything really really closely this is an awesome summary of everything that's happening especially you know especially when dealing with how uh, I, I i particularly took the, the hybrid stuff the the uh, to heart because yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know one, one of the things that um uh, i get that has been an argument i, I i'll hang out with uh hang out on darth hater's uh, vent every once in a while and one of the things that comes up is hybrids and how just uh, how hybrids are ruining the game quote unquote or whatever but the the, the thing is <laughs> i that's either here nor there but the the thing is the the idea is that they are actually building this game so they're not around hybrids they're they're building the game around the different roles and However, you can do a hybrid if you wanted to. That's that's in the, that's in their mix, but uh, but they're not really. They're building the game so when you when you finish your uh, your class progression, that you're not a hybrid. That yeah, like he says, you're uh, as you're as you're building. Now you'll you'll there'll be hybridization as you're growing, but once you hit you know fifty. If you're, for instance, he mentions the healer. If you're a sage, if you're if you're a, a Jedi sage, you are a healer at the end, so to speak. Right. This really got me to thinking on the whole hybrid thing because I thought we weren't going, and, and maybe I'm misinterpreting this. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought we weren't going to have cookie cutter type. Uh, advanced classes, meaning that if I am a Jedi Sage and I go down that particular healing tree, and I don't even know what they're called because I'm not up on all that, but if there was some other, you're saying that I can't go up two trees when there's, if there's three, that I can't go part way up one and part way up the other. I thought that was the whole point is to be diversified and to not have the same point structure as the next Jedi Sage. So I could have more points in Jedi Sage, but why can't I have it in another tree as well and still be effective? I mean, I thought we weren't going to get into just having to go a certain way for a certain advanced class. Does that make sense? yeah I, I understand I understand what you're saying I think the the idea isn't necessarily that um, you're going to be exactly the same as 
uh, like for instance, let's use Jedi Sage for an example. Uh, actually, you know what? One would be that better to use would be like one of the ones that have like three different <laughs> uh, roles. Uh, like for instance, uh, the trooper. Let's take the trooper for instance because they can be a tank, they can be a DPS, or they can be uh, a healer. So if you go down the uh, commando route, which is uh, either the DPS route or the healing route, uh, you can, uh, if you go all the way down the healing tree, you'll definitely be a healer. However, you can augment that healing spec with either their their shared tree and, and get a different kind of kind different kind of healer than you would if you went down the 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 DPS tree. You, then you would have like a DPS healer kind of. It's not really a hybrid because you're primary role is healing and you'll definitely be able to heal really well however you've augmented it so you can if you're not healing you can do do this particular thing let's i i I don't know how the trees are built um but uh let's say if you went uh you could do either dps or for instance maybe um uh, crowd control as your secondary right but i mean he specifically says you can do them in yeah. parentheses by mixing different skill trees, but by design, their classes are meant to be fully capable in the roles that they fill for. And the way I take that comment is that you can't really go down these different trees in the shared No, no, tree. I think he's saying the opposite. He's saying, that, yeah, I, I don't think that, I, I think that you're, Worrying about something that you don't have to worry about that you I that you so. can you can you can put your points wherever you want, um, but and and I think from from our interview with him at the fan site, it sounds like the the trees are going to be similar to the way the WoW skill trees are, where you just have you build up, you know they're not you just you you, ha, you you just put points in and there's no restrictions like by level or something. Mm-hmm. Cause I was interested because I'm going to rift or you had to be a certain levels sometimes. Um, but you know, you, but you can put them wherever you want. And you, what I think what he's saying here is that you're, you're going to, they're going to be fully capable. You know, if you decide to go, if you go to, if you decide to go, maybe say there's a healing tree or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to necessarily put them in the specific things that, you know, the elitist jerks website is going to tell you to do. Um, but but you can mix them up a little bit more, and so, so I, I got and they'll the still be capable because he's saying right here. Ultimately, we don't do hybrid roles. I mean, that is the very first sentence in that that particular paragraph, and he even goes on to add that the hybrid um, tax would be the fact that you won't be able to get to the top tier talents in one skill tree if you spread yourself too thin in the other ones. So. To me, he is saying exactly what I, I in, understood it to say, is that hybrids are not something that they're encouraging. That no, yes, no, I, that is I, true. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And in fact, the thing is, and the reason, and I understand why they're not encouraging hybrids, because ultimately the, the game is designed not to have hybrid roles because it's going to, uh, it, it, just, it makes a harder game design. In general, uh, because if you if you include hybrids in there, then you're going to have to build your your mobs around hybrids. If hybrids are going to be completely viable, not saying that they're not going to be 
unviable. However, it's going to be really difficult to build your game around that if you don't have consistent and set roles. Well, and also, don't don't you... Sorry. Don't you think they also... I I never really liked the idea of one class being able to do everything all the time. You know, remember when in WoW, when paladins, without respecking, could be a tank, they could be a healer, they could be DPS. There was a time when it's like, well, they just... And it's irritating for everyone else because, like, well, you know, how come this guy gets to do everything? That's not... That's kind of ridiculous. So I think they want to get away from that. But Absolutely. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. But we're going back to traditional roles and which is what I thought that Bioware was trying to get away from and make different instead of having if you do this you're going to be a healer if you do this you're going to be a DPS if you do this you're going to be a tank and 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 so we're back to having a you know a trinity a very hard trinity instead of the soft yeah. trinity that everybody's talking that they wanted to have, and I agree with you, Larry. I, I do believe it would be a very hard game to build any other way. So when they said all this about, you know, they're doing away with the hard trinity, I, I, I'm, I kept thinking to myself, how is that going to work? Right. And it's not. I mean, it, it sounds to me like you're still going to have those definitive roles. I mean, I, I, I think now... Just to not to be a, a complete apo- uh, apologist to Bioware, I do think there is other ways around it. I mean, you there is you don't have to have the hard trinity as, as you mentioned. You can have uh, you can have other as long as the, the roles are specified. You can build around those roles, and it doesn't have to be the trinity necessarily. It can be. Uh, for instance, EQ had um, five different roles. They had the uh, you know they had a a tank. They had a uh, a healer. What else they have? They had a crowd control. They had a buffer buffer slash debuffer, and then they had DPS. That's five roles that they had to have. As long as the roles are concrete. Right. That's all that that's all that really matters is that the roles are concrete and uh, and fortunately unfortunately however you want to look at it um the way that Tor is built it's built around those three roles. Right. Until you get into PVP and then then from what I've seen in some of the PVP things it seems like it's a little skewed just a little bit. Yeah. Cuz I've seen I've seen a fourth role in PVP. Uh, I've seen a crowd control role, a definite role that hmm. uh, that somebody can take. Right, right. Oh, that's interesting. Well, let's get into this a little bit more. But the the thing that I thought was interesting, this is tangentially related to what we're talking about roles. Um, do you remember last week, Carla, when I was saying one of the things that I that I worry about is that is that it won't matter what class you play; it will just matter how you cre- what you do with that class in terms of your advanced classes and how you put your points and, um, and and I guess it's ultimately what your role is going to be and that class is not really an issue except for like play style um, and when Georg earlier up in the same post he goes um, 
what actually defines your role in our game in terms of traditional MMO gaming is how you distribute your points in your skill trees. You know, specialize in the combat meta tree, you become a healer, specialize in the vengeance tree, you become a DPS character. And I think that, you know, I, I think the I almost see that as as like a support in my worry, <laughs> you know, sort of like it won't matter what you are. It's going to matter where you're putting your points and what you've defined as your role. And I don't, maybe that's not a bad thing. I, maybe I just need to, you know, get out of this mindset that each class should be something really specific and iconic. Well, that's not the right it's, word, but, but, I agree but yeah, with you. it's more I about, agree with you. And I, and I think that you did see something, and I think that you are going in the right direction. I don't see that um, it's – you can't – in other words, you can't – we're not going to be able to tell that, oh, you're an Imperial agent. You automatically have to be DPS or you automatically mm-hmm. have to be a healer. You can really be anything that your tree allows you to be. Right, and, and like yeah, when, the, when the Sith Inquisitor could be a tank when we first found that, I was like, what? Yeah, and all <laughs> those robes, right. <laughs> I, I think I think one of the things though that we we have to we have to keep in mind, especially those of us who are coming from other MMOs, mm-hmm. uh, have to keep in mind is that Tor, although it says they have th- or excuse me, it says they have eight classes, they actually have sixteen, because really, truly, your advanced class is another class in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So if you if you treat it as sixteen classes versus eight classes, it becomes a little more understandable, right? Oh, why there's certain splits. Uh, so uh, yeah, and 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 so, I, but still, even even then, your advanced class cannot be a hybrid, and and also, and I I I'm, I, I'm almost to the point and uh, where I'm want to tell people. Play the game for the story that you want to hear. I think play the yes. game for the story. Right. You know, and play it or, for whichever because, story you want to. Or because and you think work. it would be cool to be the guy shooting purple lightning out, or because you think it'd be cool yeah. to be the, the bounty hunter that can you know just rise up in the air. You know, you should just like do it more what you think looks cool or feels cool, as opposed to I need to get the best tank in the game. That kind of idea. Right. Exactly. Because ultimately, I mean, from what I from what I've seen and what they they've said. Doesn't matter which class you choose. You're you're going to find a role that you like. It, so let's so pick the story that you like. You know, right? And, is the, is that good? Is that like an, is that like being progressive, or is it being, or is it now, or are we being catering to the casuals? I I really don't. I I don't know how to how, how to answer that. <laughs> I don't either. Honest. I don't know what the answer is I, either. I, I think. Even... Uh, I I know. Personally, I think that's one of the things that has really been missing from MMOs in general is that um, I, I I have cared more about which class than I'm which class I'm playing versus uh, which story I was following because I it, up to a certain point all the stories were the same you know you mm-hmm. you ended up getting to um, you know just about with every MMO that I can think of off the top of my head you have like a uh, a starting area, and then ultimately, after you know five or six levels, everybody's playing the same story. Exactly, right. exactly. And, and 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 now it's it's Bioware has presented this new element, which makes hopefully makes the game more fun to play. More you you're more attached to your character and what's happened 
what's happening to your him than necessarily what role they're going to play in a group, which from a you know from somebody who likes really who's really into Bioware games, I like that. Because I'm into story-driven games. Right. Well, and I don't know if it's necessarily like the choice between the story or the role. I think it, I think what they could be doing is is they have given you so many options within each class that it's almost like you can you can play anything you want. Right. You right. so you can just say, well, I'm going to go for the story. That's the thing. That's going to be my number one. You know. Criterion, it's going to be. Do I think it's going to be fun to play? Because I know that you know six out of the eight classes can basically fill the three traditional roles: tank, healer, DPS. So, right. so they're kind of just giving you over an array of options. And you know, I don't know if that means that they're making class a sp- class moot from the standpoint of I'm going to pick this class because it's the best healer. Um, that maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I mean, it's going to be it's hard. It's going to be hard for people to adjust their the MMO crowd to to I think adjust their thinking because even because even though I'm like totally into the I I think ultimately I like it. I had a hard time wrapping my my head around it and, and sat around going, "Is this good? I I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I, what to I think. think I think it's I I think it's good. I, I I do. I think it's I think it's definitely in the right direction. I would have. Uh, I'd like to have seen more uh, games kind of pick up on this to where mm-hmm. you, you're more concerned about, um, you know, uh, the story of the uh, story of the class or st- whatever it happens to be. It doesn't necessarily have to be class, but story of the race or story of the whatever uh, versus, you know, uh, OK, what uh, what uh, what am I going to have to pick right up front? Because you know, that, that's one of the big things, you know, anybody that's new to an MMO, I don't care if you've played like 600 MMOs in the past. Uh, every time you get into a new one, one of the first things that they have you pick is which role you're going to play at end game, which doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense at all because that's, you know, that's uh, for most players a month away, you know, <laughs> and, which, which is, which is a weird choice. To have somebody pick right up front which role they're going to play a month from now. They have no idea anything about this game. And I think it's great that Bioware has said, you know what? You're going to grow into your role. You're going to, you know, as you play the game, you'll find out what's comfortable for you. And then you can, then you'll, uh, then you'll pick your role. Well, I think, I think that's good. Yeah, I do too. And I think that, that, and I've said this before, I think that Bioware has put the RPG back in MMORPG because we, you know, every game that I've played in the past, there is some sort of role playing involved as far as the story is concerned, but it's so minuscule that you usually end up hitting escape and, you know, not really reading the quest and not really getting involved. And I really like the idea that Bioware is turning this around and getting it you to where you you truly care about your character you know and you learn it as you go and you evolve with your character and I, I i agree with you i think that we're all going to see how we're going to choose how we play our character as we become more and more familiar with it and get into the story you know so. yeah and and at the, at the same time, and this is this is what's incredible about this. At the same time, it doesn't eliminate those people who play for Endgame. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't eliminate. It, it, it doesn't matter if you if you know 
if you play for Endgame, well, you guess what? You you got the exact same game. Pick your pick your class right at the beginning. We have all the information right here. Play your way through it. You know, uh, it it doesn't change anything for them. It just adds something to those people that don't necessarily play just for Endgame, but those that want to enjoy uh, the character building that goes into um, you know standard RPG progression. Right. Well, all right. So that was a good, good post. Georg is once again impressing everybody <laughs> with his uh, insights. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to uh, New York Comic Con. It's coming up this week, uh, October 13th through the 16th. Uh, Roxana will be there. I, they're actually kicking off the the pre-conference with the meet and greet on Wednesday night, uh, which is the night before the official convention begins. We, I will put post a link in the uh, show notes with all the details. Friday is the big night for tour. They're having a panel at 2.30, and uh, that's their main panel. And then at 6.30, they are participating. At, at, actually, at 6.30 is what is listed on the, the New York Comic Con convention schedule. They, they keep leaving the time off in the official tour announcement, so I don't know if that's time is up in the air or not but anyway mmorpg.com is doing a Q&A with various I guess probably diff- a lot of different people but there will be people from tour on that panel so that should be interesting to watch um, and then Sunday uh, Drew Carpishan is is uh, giving something at, uh, doing a talk at 245 I believe um, so that's what's going on with Comic Con and you know, we'll be there hopefully tweeting stuff. <laughs> um, I understand that they're not having a huge developer uh, presence there. They're going to be there for the panels, but they're not making, they're not probably going to really be available for interviews from fan sites. So we're just, you know, going to grab people at the booth, probably mostly community managers, um, and just try to get them to talk about the game and, um, you know, maybe find out little what little tidbits we still have yet to find out <laughs> um so you know keep an eye on our twitter that's probably the best way to keep up with the whatever whatever news that we glean from from that convention absolutely larry are you going no if i was still living in new england i would be but uh, i don't live in new england anymore oh, no. <laughs> yeah. and i wanted to yeah. Well, you know, the release date happened. You know, so I mean, what's to sure. look forward to? What, no, what else kidding. is there that we need to know? Well, that's true. But still, <laughs> I mean, after going to PAX, I, that's a lot of fun. I'm so jealous. They yeah, are Comic Cons are in. Are they, actually, it's a totally different animal than even PAX. Comic Cons are are quite different. They're because you get a different audience. It's all about. Uh, comic books and, and and different side of geek culture, which is right, right. I'm very, it, it's, to... it's, yeah, it's really a lot of fun. Yeah, Have fun. All right, okay. Well, that leads us to uh, Drew Carpishan was responding to some criticisms about leaked information on his upcoming novel Revan, and I think basically he's just saying that you know, chill out. I'm not going to confirm or deny any of this stuff because it would give you spoilers and I'm not going to do it and read the book. <laughs> That's how I got it. <laughs> read the book. That's right. Read the book. Read the book. Anyway, we'll have a link to his personal blog in our show notes. Um, Game Industry Biz. 
Go to our show notes. We'll have a link to the interview for the doctors. Uh, that's one thing. There's another link to Craig Morrison's blog post. It's a, the success anomaly conk from who used to do Jedi archive. Some of our listeners may remember that podcast. Um, he just, uh, Morrison just talks about, you know, the expectations for tour and how, uh, how things have changed way back when and what we consider success. Uh, uh, and finally there's uh, we, there should, you could check out the extra credits uh, games you may not have tried while you wait you can just find other little games that you may not have heard of and they did a fun little review of a lot of things that were amusing to me <laughs> um, so go ahead and uh, check that out while you wait and i think uh yeah we also have on our Corellian run site we have Jason Taylor, who does Guild Checkpoint and Holonet links, he did a nice little uh, article about kind of a reminiscent piece about when he discovered Star Wars and how he's been sharing that with his niece and nephews. It's just very nice. And uh, a few people have commented and just shared their experiences with Star Wars. So go, you should check that out. Um, we also have, we want to make remind people that if you have a guild that you would like us to spotlight, go ahead and email us at Run at gmail.com and uh, Jason will contact you and he'll, you know, maybe put you, set you up for a little uh, online interview and uh, if you want to have, get a little traffic for your guild. And finally, there is also, and I remind you to, we, in uh, recent Holonet links, there was a talking about a fan fiction contest that's going on in the official tour forums. The the thread started yesterday, I believe, uh, and the, we'll have details for the contest. But essentially, it's just fan fiction going through October 22nd. Uh, they'll be taking entries, and voting will go on for a week after that, and they will announce the winners on Halloween, October 31st. So go ahead if you'd like to if you'd like to uh, do a little writing on the side and <laughs> Star Wars fiction. Go ahead and enter that contest. And I think that is it for all the news in Tor. Sin. Strong am I with the Force. Or Jedi. Last time we found out that both Roxanne and Carla considered a workplace sin to even think about taking someone else's food from the workplace fridge. And we also found out that really delicious-looking desserts are the key to keeping Kathy's light side tendencies at bay. So far, our scores stand at Carla negative 4, Kathy plus 13, Roxanne plus 6. Remember, negative scores reflect a dark side tendency, while positive scores reflect a light side tendency. All right, today's test is the week, uh, sorry, the test of the pirated movie. You are at your computer and you stumble across a site that has pirated first-run movies online. The quality is not great, but it seems that many of the movies are fairly watchable, especially considering they cost you nothing, and you can see them in the comfort of your own home. There are definitely a few movies you wouldn't mind seeing. What do you do? One. Leave the site immediately. You do not support piracy in any form. Two, watch only those movies for which you have already paid to see. You would never have paid to, see, to go see them again, but wouldn't mind seeing them for free. Three, make sure your virus scanner is up to date. Then go on a weekend bender of catching up on all the movies you missed.
Okay. Carla, let's start with you this week. Which would you do? Oh, God, y'all are really giving me these questions that are making me go light side. <laughs> Seriously, I, I would not support piracy at all in any form. And I don't care who's watching or who's not watching. I would not encourage it. I would leave the site. Oh, good for you. <laughs> well, you have chosen the light side. People worked hard to create these movies, and watching them for free is the same as expecting them to work for free. In other words, stealing. <laughs> um, okay, Larry, how about you? Yeah, I don't uh, I don't support that. However, for the TV shows. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So it sounds like, in the case of movies, at any rate, you go light side also. Good, you yeah, made yourself absolutely. a point. <laughs> um, you know what? I, in theory, I am definitely light side, but I have to say there there have been a couple of times when I was really tempted and and maybe, hypothetically, I actually did watch something. <laughs> but... Uh, but yeah, I, but it was definitely more like, well, I already paid it for it once. Maybe it wouldn't be too bad to watch it again since it's here. Well, you're <laughs> so. not getting a light side point on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you I have know. chosen a neutral You know path. what? It's like being weak, which is worse than being either light side or dark side. It's sort of like I, I really, in theory, don't believe that we should be anti-piracy, but... Sometimes if I'm really tempted, it's like the chocolate cake thing all over again. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, uh, I probably have to go neutral on this. Yep. You have chosen the neutral path. If it's so wrong, then somebody should shut these sites down. Until that happens, it seems unrealistic to expect people to toe the line. Besides, everybody does it. Well, we just uh, found out that lame. not everybody does. <laughs> the ultimate lame excuse, huh? <laughs> so, all right. Well, you can read all the past Sith and Jedi tests on our site at CorellianRun.com. Keep score and see which way you lean. That sound means it's time for Community Buzz, where we take a look at what the fans are all talking about. Number one, companion customization. Right. Well, I didn't want to spend a lot of time talking about it, but, but we talked since we talked about it last week. But I just wanted to point out to our listeners that after the podcast, there was actually a, a really good discussion that happened on the comment section of the podcast on our site and also a little bit in the forum. So we just wanted to make sure people, you know, went to go check that out if you wanted to. And I was talking to Roxanne about it. And I think a lot of people... I think most people probably ultimately disagreed with her being uncomfortable with the idea of being able to change Mako's race. But, but she, and as she said, you know, and she herself was not sure what she's, what to think about it, but she was really happy that it made people think because there was a really good amount of uh, discussion generated on, on the site. And it was, it was, it was a cool topic of conversation. Um, so anyway, but let's move on to what I really wanted and why I wanted to get Larry on the show is because cause I know that, Larry, you've been following this game since when? Since when? Uh, so, since yeah, when? It was since a, a when? Twinkle, That's a good question. <laughs> it was a twinkle in somebody's eye and nobody really even knew if it was actually happening, right? I, I have been, I, let's see, what, I, I forget what was mentioned first, to be quite honest. I mean, the, it, it was either that 
I think the first thing that was mentioned was Bioware is making a making an MMO. I think that is the first bit of information that I got that I started following. Right, right. So, and if I, I was looking back at, uh, we had an article on our site a while ago that written by Poison Taco, where he looked at the, uh, like the history of the game and like the following the game, and he had a link to a March two thousand six Gamespot article. And uh, the quote is, Today, Bioware Inc., one of the industry's most respected makers of role-playing games, announced it has already begun work on an unnamed MMORPG at a previously undisclosed location, its brand-new Austin, Texas studio. So I was right. Yeah. So March 2006, what? That's (laughs) that's when I first started following it. I'd been at that. I mean, I'd heard some incredible things about Bioware games and played incredible bioware games and uh so i i mean anything that they were doing really kind of piqued my interest because uh, they just were incredible storytellers and to hear that they were doing an mmo i don't care what it was would just be awesome and i wanted to know everything about it yeah so had you played so i wonder i can't we should look this up what bioware games had come out uh by March 2006. Um, 2006, I believe, well, I mean, definitely KOTOR had been out. Um, mm, right. Definitely, definitely that, and which was just groundbreaking for, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think that, I mean, even though Bioware had made some incredible games before that, Neverwinter Nights and, and Boulder's Gate had, were made before that, I think that uh, KOTOR was definitely their breakout hit and kind of really put Bioware into the spotlight. So that was had already been made. And then uh, 2006... Uh, Mass Effect had come out as well. Is that I right? Wanna say. Yeah, I, I want to say that it had. I, I'm pretty sure that it had. And that was also just an incredible game. Just, uh, just uh, as far as storytelling, I think that it it really took um, it took the the RPG element to the next level and the gaming industry to the next level. Of of storytelling and and Kotor did it too, but I think Mass Effect really just uh, punched it up mm-hmm. even the next notch because it really made it cinematic. Right, right. So so when you heard that they were doing an MMO RPG, did you did you think uh, you know Kotor two or three? I guess it would have. <laughs> Did you think it was going to be like a Star Wars thing, or was that uh, something that came later? Well, you know what's what's really funny is I had had heard. Well, here's here's what had happened kind of in in the industry by that time. Um, Bioware did not do Kotor two; they gave that to Obsidian. Right. And uh, in fact, from what I had heard, and I don't have anything to back it up. This is all just kind of rumor, and this is rumors that I had heard around that time that uh, Bioware was offered it by LucasArts, but Bioware turned it down and said, but you know what, if you're going to do a KOTOR 2, give it to Obsidian to do. And so Bioware had turned it down, and I kind of was under the impression that Bioware didn't want to work with LucasArts anymore. Oh, I was (laughs) just going to say, now why would they have turned it down? (laughs) That was kind of my my impression, and it's not, I mean, I... All it was is just an impression. I didn't. I don't have any. Didn't uh-huh. talk to anybody. Didn't really have any facts to back it up. But that was kind of my impression of it. And uh, I had. I had known uh, at least w- as far as LucasArts was concerned, they really weren't doing all that great. 
in in you know when uh, Kotor two came out, LucasArts in general, uh, it was mm. just kind of a you know because uh, mostly it had to do with uh, Star Wars Galaxies. Star Wars Galaxies uh, about that um, a little bit before then had just flopped because of some choices that LucasArts had made, and uh, so and, and the their other games were really weren't anything to speak of. Other than right, Kotor. so do when did Star Wars Galaxies come out? Do you remember? Uh, th- oh gosh, I was playing it, and now I'm trying to. It was eight years ago, <laughs> whatever that, whatever that was. So, so there was already, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would be. It's it's interesting that they would go that Bioware would say, well, let's do a Star Wars MMO. Yeah, if there was already one around. Even I guess even if it wasn't. So was it was it flop right away or was it? No, I mean, no. It, it it when it, what had happened? Uh, Sony had developed the game uh, with uh, Raf Coster, who was one of the lead designers on it, and Raf made uh, Ultima Online or helped make Ultima Online, and uh, it was really a, a a very much a kind of a living world, kind of a. Um, uh, a sandboxy right. kind of MMO, and uh, what had happened then? World of Warcraft came out, which was definitely a theme park MMO, and uh, from basically from what I gather is that uh, well, you know what, Star Wars Galaxies isn't doing as well as WoW. It should be because it's a Star Wars IP, right? It should be doing. And and, and mm-hmm. LucasArts came in and said, you know what, we got to make this game more like WoW, and when they did. It flopped. They redesigned the game completely, and right. just it. Just, yeah, and that was like uh, was it a year and a half, maybe a okay. year. I'm, I'm trying to. I don't. I'm trying to remember the exact dates. I was there doing it during this whole thing, but I don't remember the exact dates. Uh, it's it, uh, they put out the NGE, and it just like died. The game, right. yeah, nobody wanted to play it because it was totally a different game than what they had bought. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it seems so long. I mean, it was so long ago, and it's yeah, funny no. to think about these parallel events happening. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Bioware picks the Star Wars, Star Wars IP. So now, so Carla, when we first wanted to do this, you first came to me about following about doing this podcast. You know, I had heard of the game, but I mean, honestly, I I enjoy Star Wars, but I'm not one of those. Oh my gosh, a Star Wars game! You know, I've never played any other Star Wars game except for a little bit of Kotor since we started doing the podcast. But Carla, you were you were pretty excited about the Star Wars IP, weren't you? I was very much so. I played Star Wars Galaxy. You know, I beta tested it in the early stages, and I played it for probably a year or two. Um. And I don't know if that was because of the NGE changes, but I just remember something happened and I didn't like it anymore and I went to something else. But uh, I've always been a huge Star Wars fan. So, yes, I'm sorry. I was excited to see that someone else was picking up the IP and running with it because I felt like Star Wars Galaxies had so much potential that they didn't recognize or try to do in the game and Mm -hmm. i wanted it to kind of be like wow because i started playing wow and and maybe that's why i changed from star wars galaxies you know is because i went to wow i i it's about that same time frame um and i really liked 
it being a theme park, even though Star Wars Galaxies had so many things I liked about it, especially the crafting system. I just thought that was just awesome. Right. So when you when you were thinking, well, I'll ask you first, Larry, actually, when you when you were thinking Star Wars MMO and Bioware announced that they were going to be doing this Old Republic, were, what were you hoping for? Were you thinking Star Wars Star Wars WoW <laughs> or or something different? Well, at at the time, uh, I was I was really hoping for uh, because one one of the things that whenever we started to put the pieces together, whenever uh, we found out that oh, there's that Bioware's making an MMO, and and then other reports were saying uh, that Bioware now has the Star Wars IP again. We kind I I mean almost immediately we put them together like oh this is Star Wars MMO that's got to be what it is even uh-huh. though it wasn't announced. Uh, and I was thinking at at the time that what what would be really cool because one of the things that was really taking off uh, was player generated content, and I was really really hoping uh, that Bioware was going to um, was going to push uh, a bunch of uh, you know player generated stuff and kind of make it uh, you know make really give ownership to uh, the characters because one of the things that or the players because one of the things that they did. With uh, Neverwinter Nights, is there are there are people and there are still servers out there that are that are like this that basically have their own kind of living world that is completely player generated, mm-hmm. and I mean they have player generated quest lines. They have uh, just in, incredible things going on in Neverwinter Night servers, and and Bioware gave the players all these tools, and I was really really hoping. That they they would do the same thing with uh, this with the Star Wars MMO that was coming out that they would give the Neverwinter Nights tools in a Star Wars setting over to the players. Right, that's interesting because of you know I I have heard people who you know were hoping that this is what we we're going to get, but I didn't realize there actually was a history, a Bioware history of that happening. So it, it wasn't yeah. like a completely out of left field. Yeah. So you're talking about like, and do people can build neighborhoods or houses and things like that or they clothing can, or yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, they can, the, the Neverwinter Nights engine, you can pretty much do anything. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, if you, if you, well, never, Neverwinter is like a, a derivative of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, uh, right. if, if you aren't, if listeners aren't aware, uh, and basically, uh, it the 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 tools were GM tools for you as a uh, as a GM as a, a dungeon master is you could create scenarios, you could create whatever, and you can create storylines, and you can follow, uh, you can build them however you wanted to, and and that was kind of the whole idea behind. You know, it, it basically going back is is bringing back the whole uh, tabletop Dungeons and Dragons kind of uh, feel, where you had a dungeon master and you had these other guys that were playing, right. but instead, it, this this was basically the dungeon master was creating this game world, and then the other guys would come in and play in it, which was kind right. of bringing back that whole tabletop feel. So, so when did you start to figure out that this was not what was going to happen in Tor? When it, uh, I think I want to say it was during that first, their first big announcement, their first, uh, when they launched the website, when they put out that video 
of everybody of everybody coming together and they they kind of explained you know story is going to come first and whenever it just yeah it, when they were starting to say you know choices matter and that kind of thing i'm like oh yeah they're not going to give this over to the players are they <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so so like well i don't i don't know how intensely carlo was following this game before we started the, doing the podcast but i was not following it at all so by the time we came in at the beginning of last summer, so around June or something like that, that, yeah, I, I could definitely, I definitely had like this, I didn't really have time to, to speculate what will the game be. It was like, I, it was kind of almost fully formed in some ways, um, at, you know, a year ago. So I didn't have that, you know, experience of, Oh, this is, this is not what I was expecting. Oh, Carla, did you, did you kind of have a feel for the game before we started following it or? No, I really didn't. I mean, I, you know, I had been following it probably about a year before we decided to, to do our podcast. Um, but I really didn't notice that it was going to be anything different than, wow, except <laughs> in a Star Wars setting. Don't, don't say that. Well, <laughs> it's not, though. It is so much more than WoW is. I mean, so now, I mean, I'm just telling you how I felt back then. I <laughs> thought... It was just going to be wow, sort of, in a Star Wars setting. And it's it's kind of blown me away that it's really not in any way like wow. I mean, well, yeah, you I had know some, say, would, basic I, functions. I mean, as far as hitting M for map or something. But I was going to say, I, don't, I wouldn't know if I'd go that far. But I, I, would, I would probably say that it's very much like wow that you have the basics there, but, but they have added, but for me, this whole story element is, you know, as tired as we were of hearing about it. Cause that's when I came in. It's like, so, so Larry, are you saying that they've been nailing the story thing since October, 2008 when they announced the game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Basically they have, I mean, they, that's, and in fact, that was their whole, you go, go back, go back and watch that trailer. Cause that's all it was about. It was about story. <laughs> right. So, so you had like yeah. two years of, of story, story, story before I That's came right. in. <laughs> and I was sort of sick of hearing about the story, you know, just after following it for like three months when I started last summer. But you know what? I, I think that the, the reason that they are not, they are not off base saying how much difference the story element adds. Because while I do think it's very much like wow in so many ways, I think this one thing that they've added in makes it a, a so so much more intense, enjoyable experience. And as you were saying, Larry, you were like really get attached to your characters, you know. Mm-hmm. That, and just the little bit that I play at the fan side, I'm like, wow, I really cared about my my bounty hunters, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, well, one, of, one, of the, one of the things, though, that, that Bioware, and feeding off of this, one of the things that Bioware really does well is that they do the story, the story side of it really well, make you make it kind of intense and kind of immersive, immersive and, and something that you really kind of want to grab a hold of. And that's the, because if you look at, if you look past, uh, at past Bioware games, probably like um, even KOTOR to an extent, because uh, KOTOR, the, even though the engine was original, the game design was not original. The game mechanics were not original. That that was almost directly pulled from the uh, pen and paper RPG of mm-hmm. of uh, Star Wars, 
And, but what really set KOTOR apart and what set Mass Effect apart, what set Dragon Age apart was the story that went behind it because that was new and that was something that hadn't been done before. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect is run off the Unreal 3 engine. Okay. Everybody uses the Unreal 3 engine. It's, it's not, there's nothing new there as far as the general mechanics are concerned. There's nothing new. What makes that game great is that you care about Shepard and you care about his companions, and right. which is something that you don't necessarily get from other games. Right, right, and I and I I think that's what we're going to feel here. So the the same, yeah, yeah, yeah that's really. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you um, about. Let's see what what features is there. Is there any game feature that you were really really hoping for? that is not doesn't is not in the game at least in the way you want it to be carla i don't really know honestly so there aren't any big holes it's like ah <laughs> you know the game is ruined for me or you know it's like it would be so much better if this was in it there isn't any one thing or i can't say that there is because every time i learn something new from bioware that they tell me that they put into the game or they haven't put into the game i'm like good with it i mean I never thought I would be that way because, you know, if you'll remember back a year ago, I was like, story, yeah, okay. You know, (laughs) I was not really, I had not really bought into the whole story thing and the companions. I mean, you remember how I felt about companions? Like, oh, Mm -hmm. God, don't make me have five people trailing behind me or something. (laughs) Well, you don't have all five of them at once. I know, but you know what I mean. In other words, I wasn't a really big fan. And now the more I've learned and because we've had hands-on, and I've I've been able to see what they're bringing to the table. Um, I can't say that there's anything monumental that I would like to see that them do differently. Maybe it's something I'm not thinking about, but right now, yeah, for me, it's just like little little tiny things that are right. probably going to be in the game eventually. Um, there's nothing huge that 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 upsets me. Um, I know space combat is something that people get upset about still. Um, I've never had a problem with it. Although I can see, I could see it'd be fun to have, you know, to have it be more, but um, how about you, Larry? Yeah. um, Well, as far as things that are in the game that I wish weren't, uh, I would personally, if, if I, you know, being an armchair designer here, um, I would have got rid of space combat altogether and just said, it's not in there. <laughs> you think it's better not to have it in there at all? <laughs> I, I personally would have just said no. Uh, we don't need it. We'll develop something better later. Uh, is basically kind of the way I would have presented it. But um, the uh, the one thing that that I think, uh, as far as the the core of the game, uh, I think I would like to see something that um, makes things more unique like for like for instance or makes the 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 character something that you own and which is real hard thing to do when you've got uh, a a bunch of people in in a theme park setting where you're running into like the same equipment everybody's kind of getting the same equipment Mm -hmm. it's kind of you know that kind of thing uh i I know when i know uh apparently when uh, because we've seen pictures of it (laughs) the the armor progressions later on in the game are a little more unique uh and, and individual but just just in general i think i would like to see something to where at least the beginning levels where you're not you don't feel like everybody else that's around you 
you know, uh, that's kind of the kind of thing that that I would like to have set apart. That, that's something I'd like to see that's different. Yeah, I guess not having not really having been played the game for weeks and weeks and weeks. I I don't. Yeah, I I'm trying to think. You know, is it is is our other games better at that than than this game seems to be? As far as theme parks are concerned, well, no, no I missed just the theme look. Park game, theme, theme park games? No, no, there is no theme park game. Every this is like traditional amongst theme park games. Everybody looks the same up until you get to like higher levels. That's just the way theme park games have worked. However, there are um, there are games like uh, let's say I'll just get for instances and there's no way that Tor could ever come to match this. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't expect this of him. But uh, Champions Online, uh, Star Trek Online, uh, who else? I'm trying to think of um, uh, anything made by Cryptic. <laughs> Their character creators are insane. Mm. And and everybody looks different. There is no way you will run into anybody that looks anything like you. Yeah, I guess I guess maybe the the problem with having I was thinking about this recently about the character creation and and you know the people wanting to be so different. Do you think that's almost impossible to achieve like the level you're talking about when you have so much of the game is cutscenes featuring your character? I I think uh, as, as far as um, to the cryptic level, you know, the cryptic studios level, not cryptic, mm-hmm. <laughs> the cryptic studio level. Yeah, no, we, I don't think we can get to that that level. However, I, you know, um, we haven't heard anything about dying clothing or anything like maybe that. I mean, maybe it's in there. I don't know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. we haven't heard anything about uh, dying I, but- your clothes, make, you know, making give give your you know one of the things i like to do with my characters is uh, on star wars i'll say star wars galaxies because they have just an incredible crafting system to, and 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 uh you know coloring system for their their clothing and whatnot um and in star wars galaxies i like to give everybody on my care oh dcu i did this too um give all my characters a color like mm-hmm. these are my characters colors and anytime you run into you'll know that this is my character, no matter what he's wearing, because he has these colors, and I would like to kind of see that. But you know, when they're doing these cutscenes, they're actually looking at the character that you created. And, and again, I don't know all the magic behind the programming and all of that, but your actual character is being cut into those scenes, so they've got yeah. to have some sort of programming set in to grab that detail to throw it in there so i don't know how much more difficult it would be to if your character creation was different i like detailed character creation i thought ion did a fabulous job Mm, of being able to go and create whatever you wanted no matter how tall or how short or the ears are long or not and I do realize that we're trying to keep with the Star Wars theme, but I believe we still could have done that and had better and more detailed character creation. I'm hoping that later on down the line that we will be able to get more character customization 
And one of the things that I, I just thought of that I thought was really important in games, and that is having a social hub of some sort, whether that be mm. a guild house or a guild ship or some other place for guilds to store stuff and to congregate and to craft and do whatever. I think that's really important to have a social place to go. And I, I, we keep hearing that there's going to be, I can't wait to know what it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Me, I'm, I'm waiting for that too. Yeah. I, I definitely, as a, from, from a role playing standpoint, I like to have places where, uh, where people can congregate and just kind of do their thing. Be, uh, from a role player, be in character. Some place that where, you know, if you go to this place, there are going to be people you can talk to in character. Even if it, even if you don't stay there, you know, even if you go, uh, you know, you meet up with somebody to go and and then go have an adventure later or whatever. Uh, at least you know that you know you, a consistent place where you know there there are going to be players and there's going to be uh, just you know somebody to hang out with instead of uh, one of one of the things that I, I've kind of I, I kind of don't like in in. More mod. I say modern. Oh my gosh! When I say modern now, I, I guess I'm talking five years or more. <laughs> uh, but uh, in MMO, MMOs where they have a general chat where everybody on the planet is talking in general chat, and that just that kind of annoys me to to an extent. Not. I mean, I understand it that you know you want people to talk to each other if they're in the same vicinity, but a general chat kind of annoys me because because it, it kind of uh, it breaks. Um, the immersion just a little bit in the sense that, you know, uh, they're not right next to me. How am I talking to them? Oh, so you're one of the people that doesn't want general chat. I don't like no. it either. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I get it, but I don't like it. You know, I understand what... I don't like there were, it at all. Weren't there some uh, people that were upset that there wasn't going to be, like, an all-game chat? Like, it didn't even matter. Uh, you could talk to anybody anywhere, even if they were on a completely different star system. I don't like it. I don't like the, you know, that um, trade chat because all I end up hearing is uh, it be- some little kid makes those channels his personal <laughs> chat channel, and that's all he does is say how wonderful he is or how that's great so Chuck funny. Norris you guys is. You are hilarious. You know, I'm so sick of Chuck Norris. You know? I, Sorry, I, Chuck. I don't, I, don't talk to me. Everyone shut up. It's just, you know what? I, I, I want to, if, I, I mean, I like, I want, I want them to be a little bit smaller. You know, I, I want them to almost be almost a yelling distance. You know, if you can shout uh-huh. at somebody, like literally shout at somebody and they could right. hear it, okay, I'm good. Let me – I'm good with that kind of distance. But, you know, <laughs> uh, but I, I – you know, I don't want to necessarily – Have you never, I, I, have you never used general chat to just ask a question? Because I have in WoW. I used to do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, but general chat in, in WoW, uh, isn't it – I mean, didn't it used to be to like if you were in – Ironforge, or you know, a just major be, city. Yeah. It was just for that city. Now, yeah. and then Which they you guys eventually. Don't even like that. It's, it's, I don't it's, have it's a what problem. I'm hearing. <laughs> no, I don't have a problem with them having it like a chat for that specific city. But now, I, one of the things that you know, Wow did was they linked all the cities. So if somebody talks in oh, one city, they? they're all you hear it in all the cities. You know, if you're mm. a, if you're Alliance, every Alliance city you can hear what that is. And I think that's just crap. 
Sorry. I, do, I hate it because you just have a lot of garbage go on in those channels. Just garbage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't see how I, – honestly, I don't see how a chat – even the size of a planet is going to be productive. I really don't see how that's that going to be productive me. at all. Yeah, I it, guess it depends on how how crowded each server is going to be. It'll probably be pretty crowded, I would bet. But the, I mean, that's that's just I, I understand it because you know, and especially uh, especially for people that play solo, I can understand it. You know, somebody's going to be in general chat. However, really, I mean, how effective is the information you're going to get from general chat going to be when you get? Uh- it's it can be you know what because I I you know you're still going to have to my... put it through a filter at least a personal filter right of some sort I, <laughs> even if you're I filtering it. it in your brain <laughs> you know aren't you at least going to have to when put I was it going some sort when of I filter? yeah when I was going through my my antisocial phase I did a lot of soloing and I wasn't in a guild and I didn't have anyone to talk to and you know and I think that is the situation a lot of the new players to tour are going to be in is you know the new MMOers um, and you know it's it, it actually is useful to sometimes ask in general chat and sometimes you get you know people are just dicks of course but <laughs> sometimes you meet somebody that is actually is helpful. So but, and that's okay. If, if they limited it to the city that, that you're in and that that person is in to ask a question. Do we know what Tor is going to do? I don't know. I uh, hope so that far, they don't well, have something the, uh, Georg Zoller did mention in one of the posts uh, when talk, actually I think it was whenever they were talking about uh, cross-faction chat. Yeah. Uh, uh, they were talking about general chat for the planets. So we definitely know that there is going to be planetary general chat. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, anything more than that, we don't know. Uh, anything less than that, we don't know. I'm hoping we can turn it off. <laughs> I hope yes. so too. Well, yeah, and I think they do try to give you those options. <laughs> but um, so let's get back to. Um, uh, I, I yeah, for me, I was going to say maybe more information about guilds or like information that we haven't heard about. That's what that's what I want to talk about. And for me, I feel like I know so much about everything. I'm actually not really champing at the bit. The one, the one thing I guess I would like to hear more about are, are, are is guild stuff. Oh, we, especially as relates to, um, I don't know, just like the dumb details, which I guess I don't need to know ahead of time. But, you know, how how is it going to work when we is everyone like the we're all signed up for our guilds or are we just going to log in on day one and the whole thing will be there? There won't be invites. And I guess that's the reason for for doing it ahead of time. But um, well, they said that that you're going to have auto invites if you're in a guild that Mm -hmm. has four people that have pre-ordered the game then you're going to be able to take advantage of the auto-invite feature when each account logs on to the server that your guild is assigned to. What we don't know, at least I have not seen anywhere, is we know that when you first create your character, well, we don't even know this except that that's in their FAQs, that you're going to get an auto-invite for that first character. If you decline the auto-invite, either on purpose or by accident, <laughs> is that auto-invite feature going to go to the next character that you create? Right. Until you <laughs> accept? 
Or... Uh, as, far, as far as we know, it's only that first character. Uh, in fact, I... Oh, I don't want to... I, I, I don't know where to quote it from. But I'm pretty darn sure somebody had said at one point, you better make sure that your first character that you create is the character that you want in the guild. Well, that's what I had heard. <laughs> and, but I, when I, somebody questioned me in our guild, well, where did you see that? I yeah. Googled it. I searched everywhere and could not find that exact quote. I found something similar. It says that when you create your first character and you log in, you will have the option to accept or decline the auto invitation. But it doesn't say that if you decline it, you knit, you're never getting it back ever. Yeah, I, that's I'm like pretty... a lot of pressure for people. <laughs> don't don't mess up your first character. <laughs> so I think that's going to present a whole. I mean, especially for a guild as large as OTG is, and now as in Merc, my God, they're almost four fifty or right at four hundred and fifty or yeah more. Anyway, it's going to present a very challenging time for guilds if we don't have that exactly pinpointed. And, and, right. and we're told exactly this is what you have to do. You, when you log on for the very first time on the server, you're assigned. It has to be that first character or you don't get it at all. And it has to be done manually. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. those little, like, little details well, like that. It, it's, sure as, far as, as far as I understand it, any one of the officers that logs in the first time will be able to create the guild or will – the guild will be created for any one of the officers. That's yeah, what so I understand. Do you have to go to a little vendor or something to create your guild, or is it because we're doing all of this on the website? Or you know, is it I think be it'll automated? be it'll be set up like the when you for, when you first log into the starter world, it that will be it'll be instantly set up. Good. I hope that's, that's the case. Yeah. Because yeah, now, and this isn't. I'm trying to think. No, okay. Uh, this isn't uh, leaked information. Uh, by, uh, Darth Hader actually reported on it that the guild vendor is on, well, the second planet, Coruscant or Drummond Okay. So the capital so, city. Okay. Yeah. But we yeah, were so, saying we don't have to go there to do that because it's automated. That's correct. Right? We'll not have to do that. All right. Well, then, then the mm-hmm. next thing that I, you know, I, if we could have that one question answered, you know, whether it has to be the first one or if we decline it, will it go to the next character until we finally accept? You know what I mean? Yeah. I- I'm pretty darn sure it's that first character. If you don't accept on that first character, then then you're you're not getting in. Wow. That's going to present its <laughs> <You're> own <out. laughs> challenges. And then the next go thing I would it. say is is banks. I mean, I don't know why that was not something that Bioware considered important for guilds from day one, you know, but they, yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised that that when they said right now, they're not in, we hope to have them in. in. (laughs) I mean, the the word we are, you know, it may be in at launch, which is not a for sure thing. So Mm -hmm. I'm still surprised because Rift didn't have it for the first couple of months. It was horrible horrible trying to coordinate guild supplies and crafting and you know especially in a large guild when you're trying to get all people to send for this yeah it was probably more horrible for a huge guild like old timers guild otg than it will be for just like a regular smaller guild um but but yes i'm still surprised (laughs) um yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of surprised myself however like you know like uh, kathy said 
the vast majority of players aren't going to run into any issues like that. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think whenever and, and and this is I definitely think they're needed. So I'm not speaking against it by any stretch of the imagination. But whenever you consider the plethora of things that need to be done before launch. I think uh, that is not necessarily one of the top priorities. Yeah, maybe. I guess. <laughs> not for them, anyway. <laughs> All right, yeah. well, is there anything, Larry, that you feel that we still need to know a lot more about that they haven't told us? Or have you, uh, do you no, feel- honestly, let, just release the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, 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 really where, that's really where I'm sitting. I'm like, wow, I have, I have heard um, just about everything. I mean, anything that I... Uh, anything that I would think would need to be sold has been sold, if you know what I mean. So everything's out there. That's pretty much how I feel. I mean, of course, there are like little details I'd like I'd like to know more about. I guess, um, but I feel like they've really covered the bases on the on the big chunks of stuff. Not everyone agrees with me. How about you, Carla? Is there anything that you just feel like, oh my gosh, I need to know more about this before before the game comes out? Well, I think that there's lots of little things that we don't know about that could be important. I mean, for example, racial bonuses. I mean, one minute they're in, one minute they're out, and they're back are, in. And wait, 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 wait. When have they been in? I thought that they had talked about that early on. Back yeah, they really. Yeah, they were in originally. Uh, whenever they, when they originally were talking about races in general, the there were uh, uh, well species in this case. Right. Uh, yes, uh-huh. there was there were bonuses based on uh, on your species. Right. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't even remember hearing about that in the last year that we've been following it. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. But and so so, I mean, so yes, I'd like to know: the, is it going to be in or is it going to be out? And if so. That may dictate what particular species. The, the last they heard is they're out, isn't that? That's no, because I think the last thing that we heard is they're testing it. Oh, really? Yeah. That, I don't... Um, it's not concrete that they're out, but it's not concrete that they're in either. You know, so I don't know. But that, and I'd love to know more about. Um, the actual, I want to, I know I've said it before, I want to see that tree, especially now that they're saying that hybrids are not the way that to go, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you, yeah I, I, you're not going to see that tree. <laughs> no, <bet> not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't not. know any one game that has ever released that, that information. Yeah, before, <laughs> before the game is released. I just, and, and, and the reason being is that, uh, I mean, even, I'm, even when the game is launched, they're always tweaking that thing right. constantly. And so there is just – there's no way we're, they're going to release that. And especially since with Bioware's, oh, well, we'll let you, we'll let everybody know when it's done. You know, that, that mentality right. is that they don't talk about anything unless it's done. And so they're not going to talk about that tree It's just because it's never going to be done. <laughs> really. Yeah, I, I mean, that's right. I think they, they're probably still, even now, you know, just a couple yeah. months, or they, they're probably still fooling around with a lot of the different details of what's oh, going to be bet. in the tree. Well, exactly. and do you all know how open world PvP is going to, to, to be um, on a PvE server? What, what do you... Well, uh, it's like not we have, be well, no, <laughs> that's not necessarily true because we have the planet Ilum. And except is, for, I was going to say, the designated zones that we all right. know about. Right. And if you go there, is it true open world PvP or is it some structured something? The, well, the, the way I understand it, uh, and, and they mentioned this at E3, right? I think this is when they had Tatooine. So, yeah, E3, 
Daniel Erickson said, you know, what if I go over here into uh, uh, was it the jung- junglin waste? I think is what he said. Uh, if I go over here in the junglin waste. I'm PvP flagged, so I'm not going to go over that direction or something along that. He said something a- along that direction because he was he was pointing to because uh, he showed the map in right. his uh, in his live stream and he said this area over here that's all PvP zone and so that pretty much tells me that if you cross this line, whatever that imaginary line is, you're going to be PvP flagged, no matter if you're on PVE server or a PvP server. Right. It's just there. It's just open that area. PvP. Yeah, that's how that's how I interpret it. Also, um, and the and the fact that they they tell us things like you're not going to be able to kill even on PvP servers. I think you're not going to be able to kill like quest givers that will you know sort of stop people in their tracks or like the the equivalent of like the flight masters, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm not really. I I, I think Ilum specifically. I'm not sure how that's going to work because we know that's like the specific planet with the very specific you know, open world PVP bent to it. But I think on just the regular areas, I have a feeling it's going to work very, very similarly to wow. Except for like when they talk about a specific area as Larry just described. So yeah, yeah. I don't know like what, what qu- people do go like, I want to know more about open world PVP. Like what, what questions specifically do you have about open world PVP? Well, see to me, I'm, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to be on a PVP server but yet there are people that are on a pve server that do want to be able to have some open world pvp and i wanted to make sure that there are opportunities other than war zones in other words to me war zones are not open world pvp right those are instanced yeah yeah there are and they have said specifically that not all pvp is going to be instanced like war zones there will be PvP out in the world in designated areas, and they are not instanced areas. I like it. Yeah. And, and, And also they have said, even on PvE servers, you can flag yourself PvP no matter where you are. Right. Right. So. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious as to what what else people don't understand because I feel like they have sort of we don't we didn't get a, a dev blog on open world PVP, yeah. but I feel like there are enough details out there that you can you can sort of feel how what it's going to be like. I don't think there's going to be any surprises. There there is and and one of the things that I I really I like about what they have said. Now they they've only said this about Ilum. However, they have hinted that every PVP zone is going to be similar to this uh, is that there are going to be objectives that are PVP specific. Uh, you know, and for instance, they talked kind of about uh, territorial control on Elam. Uh, there are going to be objectives similar to that, not necessarily the same as that, but similar to that on in each of these PVP zones. So it's not just going to be uh, you go over in this area, it's total free for all. You will actually have mm-hmm. something to do. Yeah, I'm real. I actually am interested to hear more about Ilum specifically, or any other places that are going to be like Ilum, because that sounds new to, and innovative to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, it'll be cool to hear more about that. Um, so let's just talk a, real briefly about like this idea of Friday updates. So Larry, have you been following every Friday update since they started doing them? Every, However many one bazillion years ago. Yeah. <laughs> every one of them. Uh, I, I will admit I have not been following every one of them. 
I, I only started following the, every one of them uh, uh-huh. a year and a half ago when I started working for Massively. <laughs> okay. However, uh, I mean, I did, I did follow them, uh, but not intently. I mean, like I, I would... Uh, I would know, oh, they have I, – I knew that they came out every Friday. However, I might not catch them until Sunday or maybe the next mm-hmm. Friday or something along that line. I, I did follow them in the sense that I did uh, look out for them, but I didn't necessarily sit on the edge of my seat every Friday waiting for them to come out. Uh, right. So, yeah, I'm actually curious. So you might not know the answer to this question, but my my impression of the fan reaction to every Friday update is that it's, you know – up until recently, it was always like, well, this is fine, but when is the game coming out? So it's like the sort of general level of dissatisfaction no matter what. <laughs> and, you know, maybe at the beginning there was less of that. But, uh... Yeah, no, no, pretty much, yeah, that's, that's pretty much been the thing. I mean, originally when they, when they first came out, started coming out, they were kind of, well, fluffy. Really, mm-hmm. when it came down to it. I mean, and which was to be expected because the game really hadn't. Right really been produced yet there was nothing to show yeah so do you think that this was like a good plan to have these friday updates or do you think the bioware is like wow if i had had a crystal ball (laughs) maybe we wouldn't have done this Um, it may not have been worth it well yeah to, to be to be honest i think um i think they are a good they are a good thing in general like i really like the idea of a pre release uh, having something out on a regular schedule, I really, mm-hmm. really like that idea. However, should they have started them, you know, in what November of two thousand nine? No, or two thousand eight? <laughs> no, I don't think they should have started then. I think they, I, I would say a year, year and a half tops before release would have been right. the earliest that I would have started those. If, yeah. Yeah. Even, Carla, if, don't you just sometimes feel sorry for Bioware when you read the comments to the, <laughs> the I do reaction? because I, I, you know, as somebody, even though we're, we're running a fan site, we're still fans, you know, <laughs> and I am very appreciative of the consistency that we are getting information. And yes, I have whined when we have gotten stupid updates that just recapped a, <laughs> like a con or something that we'd already seen yeah. the week before. But, you know, I really do appreciate the fact that they're consistent about it. Every Friday, we know we're going to get something, even if it's about a con. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Or if it's about walls. Exactly. Or uh, there was an update about walls, wasn't there? <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally agree, too. I, I agree that I think that that is an incredible thing that, that uh, BioWare has done. Uh, their community team, I mean, this is specifically their community team, because their community team uh, is the one that reaches out to all the other teams to say, you know what, we need something this Friday. What are we going to do? Hey, uh, you know, uh, combat design, what have you guys got? And and then, you know, that that kind of thing. I think it's really, it's really uh, I think it's telling of uh, where mmos are in general uh how far they've come how far the community team has come and how important it is to have a strong community team uh in gaming because Agreed. it hasn't always been like that it really hasn't Agreed. and they really yeah there's been some games that have just had terrible community teams and um they still have terrible community teams and the communication with the fans is really 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 bad 
Yeah, I have to say that I've been very impressed with the communications that we get, you know, and even when there's something like this, like the email to that wasn't supposed to go out to people except unless they were already testing, you know, you know, they came out and they said, oh, you know what, we blew it. We really apologize. You know, they didn't try to dodge it or, you know, or tell people to shut up or ignore people. I mean, they were very, like all the people that were complaining, they did not try to stonewall. They just went, look, it's our fault. We're sorry. You know, this is, you know, and the, even, try, you know, Stephen Reed trying to make a joke, kind of like, you know, the Sarlacc pit they've been dealt with, <laughs> and the, uh, human error. And so I feel like they, you know, they, 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 they really strike the right tone. Um, and, and just, just to be, you know, straightforward and, you know, and communicative. And I know it must be really hard, especially when you think that people are being idiots, which I often think when I'm reading some of these people are complaining, but you know, you, you always get the sense that they're, they just take the high road. They try to be mature and, and tell people the information they need to know and are sympathetic, you know, when, when about people being upset because they care so much about the game. So I really do commend this team. You know, they care so much about their community that you can go through and look at some of their posts. And yeah, there's still a lot of whining and stuff that still gets left there. But if they see that they're attacking other people or doing something really negative, they're they keep things very positive and they'll delete those posts or shut them down and lock them and, you know, move on. And I, I, I really admire the people that are on this community team from, you know, those that we visibly see in here to those behind the scenes that we don't see in here because they're doing wonderful things to bond the community together. And I think these right. updates are just one of them. Right. Ah, so, all right. Well, I have my little countdown timer on my computer, and we are 71 days for release from release Woo-hoo. for the North America. <laughs> are you guys? Are you guys doing anything special to get ready for <laughs> to play? Are you taking vacation or you know planning? Uh, well, I'm planning a lot of things, and most of them I can't talk about exactly <laughs> because uh-huh. I, I don't want. You know, but I, I am doing um, I, I am doing some post-launch prep uh, in in the sense that uh, I, I'm taking ideas down for. I mean, well, I, I can talk about like the hyperspace beacon. I mean, mm-hmm. one I do want to I, I do want to kind of make it a, a bit of a resource, kind of what it is now. I mean, currently it is kind of a resource for, and right now it's lore related because that's about all I can I can talk about. But uh, I, I kind of want to. Uh, be like an uh, advertise uh, not, uh, advice kind of column. Okay, if this is happening, then okay, what can we do? What can you do as a player do um, uh, about that? You know, if you if you want to get involved in this, this is how you do it, and that, oh, that kind of thing. Nice. I you know, kind of make it a, a a bit of a resource, kind of kind of the way it is now, but um, a post launch resource for getting inv- getting. Uh, your character, getting your, getting who you want to be, or getting your character to the place that you want it to be, that right? Kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. And and for those of you who are not familiar, Larry does a weekly column at massively dot com, and it's called the Hyperspace yeah. Beacon. When does it come out? Every Tuesday. Uh, it comes out every Tuesday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I've always liked. I've, I've always been. A, 
found your column fun to read and easy and you know down to earth just what we need yeah i i, I, I try to uh, one, one of the things I, I don't want to be is i i don't want to be uh all the way fanboyish because i i am i know i am already i'm already there i'm like uh, <laughs> this this is my thing i really like to do I, so but i, I kind of I want to keep a, a level head about everything, and I don't want to be totally negative either. Uh, in that, a lot of there's a, a lot of the media in general uh, leans towards the negative. Uh, you know, they're, they're fun, but they're always kind of poking fun. I always find mm-hmm. that the gaming media is always kind of poking fun at the gaming industry, and I kind of want to um, be a level-headed. Be level-headed about it, which I think massively in general. I mean, it really is kind of mm-hmm. level-headed about the industry in general. And, and I think that uh, – and I, I kind of want to reflect that as well and be level-headed about this game. You know what? If there's something, if there's something wrong about the game, I want to point it out and, and maybe do something about it to make uh, – encourage more people to get involved in, 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 you know, in talking to whoever. And, or if there's something good about the game, I want to point that out too. I want to – you know, I want to – uh, you know, I want to, like I said, level-headed about it, be the voice of reason, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right, right. How about you, Carla? Are you doing anything in particular? No, like uh, we're just trying to get the guild ready and get everything set up and structured like it needs to be to for a smooth launch because we know it's going to be chaotic. Right. So from the guild scan standpoint, there's mm-hmm. probably definitely stuff. Yeah. In fact, I just had my first officers meeting with Merck, <laughs> the cool. guild that, that Roxanne and I are going to be in with Moss Eisley Radio. Uh, yeah. I guess there are a lot of things that we do now that we have a release date. We have to, you know, it just reminded me of the, like, the wow guild meetings of <laughs> people like, well, you know, this is what we need to do. It's like, oh, no, there's all there's a responsibility now it used to be just oh the guild it's coming and when the game comes out it's going to be awesome it's like no we have to have rules and things like that (laughs) it's like oh well so that's how i'm preparing i'm starting to put on an officer hat that i'm not sure i want but but i'm willing to chip in because i really like these guys or they're good good crew so i'm looking forward to that (laughs) So, anyway, I think that we have really uh, about talked tore out. I don't. I have no. We have nothing more to say. So <laughs> we're going to shut down for the, for another until our next podcast. I think we have some thanks to take care of, Carla. Absolutely. First of all, we want to thank you, Larry Everett, for joining us. So we know that um, you do your own thing, and it's kind of makes for a long day for you to join us, and we really appreciate it. Will you please give everyone no your contact information? Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, the things I do, you can uh, catch me on massively. Uh, first off, the Hyperspace Beacon, uh, which comes out, like we said, on Tuesdays, uh, which is my tour call on there, uh, massively.com. Uh, you can catch me also at GameBreaker.tv on Monday nights. We do a live vodcast, a video podcast uh, talking about tour called The Republic. I'm there with Justin Lowe from Darth Vader and from Gary Gannon from uh, GameBreaker. And uh, I also do a, uh, a role-play podcast with uh, Baraslan of the Mantel Syndicate, uh, who's also part of the Tor Syndicate, um, uh, which comes out on every bi-weekly on Saturdays, I want to say. And I think uh, we got another one coming out next Saturday. Uh, so uh, be sure to catch that if you're into role-playing. Awesome. And, oh, oh Twitter. You can catch me on Twitter, at uh, Shadow, which is uh, S-H-A-D-D-O-E. That's what I use most often. 
cool. Well, thank you again. We also yes. want to thank Dan Nichols, D.S. Tupper, and Jared for writing positive reviews for us on iTunes. And you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Zoom. You can also contact us through our website at com or via email, uh, at gmail.com. We also have Twitter and Facebook. We have buttons for those on our face on our site. You can just click on those. If you have questions or discussion topics for us, uh, go ahead and get catch us on Twitter or leave us a, a message in our forums or call us at 281-766-4511. And I think that wraps it up for us at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Kathy. And I'm Carla. May the Force be with you. And may you never be replaced by someone's companion because you went AFK one too many times. You've been listening to Corellian Run Radio, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast. Tune in next time to hear us say... Can we um, record over the The last part? Yeah, because I hit the wrong button. Here we go. Oops, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Blipper! Okay, here we go. That wraps it up for us at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Kathy. I'm Roxanne. And I'm Carla. May the force be with you. And may your food always be safe at work. Oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> 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 All right, let's move like my a phone ringing. Yeah, somewhere. I was going to say, let's wait for my phone to start that? ringing, too. I put it away in another room. Lord have mercy. That wraps it up for us at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay. Is the music dropping off, Carla? Because when no. Mom starts talking, it just sounds like it, it stops playing, which is why she keeps reading it weird. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I know that I will be able to read with more confidence, but I don't know if I can get there without laughing. I just have to say my name and I can't do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, here we go. Three, two, one. That wraps it up for us at Curly. <laughs> Wait, let's just use that first one. What was wrong with it? <laughs> Let's just switch parts. Okay. Do you want, Mom, do you want me and you to switch? Um, that sounds right. Yes. Because then we don't all have to switch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is yeah, you can, you and Roxanne switch because she can say this. I'll be kidding. $10 says I say I'm Kathy at the end of this Yeah, <laughs> All right, here we go. Three. <laughs> That wraps it up for us at Cruel. Okay, right, it's hard. <laughs> okay. You ready? Take a deep breath. Okay. Here we go. And that wraps it up for us at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Roxanne. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. I can't. That was perfect. <laughs>
Alright. Now I understand the blooper reels at the end of movies when you're going like, what is wrong with this movie? Wraps it up for us at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Roxanne. I'm Kathy. And I'm Carla. May the force be with you. And may and your time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was doing that also. Just be like, goodbye, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>